Jennifer is here to discuss a sensitive subject we all need to talk and think about. Here now is Jennifer Graziano and Time to Talk. Good morning, Westchester. It's 9 a.m. on Monday, and that means it's time to talk with me, Jen Graziano. I'm a licensed funeral director who oversees my family's funeral homes, Cox and Graziano of both the Marinick and Greenwich, the Zion Memorial Chapel of Westchester, and the Fred D. Knapp and Son Funeral Home of Greenwich. Every Monday, I come to you discussing important topics and sensitive matters that all of us need to pause and reflect upon at some point. And through this show, I hope to provide a platform to do so. If you're joining us on air this morning on 1460 WVOX, we welcome your questions, comments, and calls to 914-636-0110. Vinny's got a full house back there in the control room. Good morning, everyone. And good morning, Facebook Live viewers. Tim Judge, my uh, co-host this morning, man behind the camera and founder of GreenwichLocal.com. So good, good morning, morning, good morning, everyone. We are going to do going to give you lots of information today. I want to talk about um, articles that really illustrate the impact of stress, chronic stress, and the nexus between that and diseases such as Alzheimer's, cancer, um, the genetic uh, predispositions and gender predispositions um, as well to Alzheimer's. So lots that we're going to talk about on health today. Um, but so much going on this weekend for sure, yes. Tim. Are, are you seeing, have you seen all these videos lately about people disturbing the wildlife? And, you know, the, all, the article that, I mean, the, the video that's gone viral about the woman who was taunting the bison and yes. all the stories that are coming out. I, I mean, what, what is going on with people? I, I don't know, that they are the just first one I saw was months ago where someone actually got mauled or maimed or whatever from that. And why would someone do that? I mean, that was a viral video that someone went up to a bison in Yellowstone and yeah. got injured, which is not entirely a rare occurrence. But now we had another one this weekend who just walked up and was fixing her hair in front of a bison. And I don't know. I mean, uh, totally off topic, but I think it speaks to everybody looking for a photo op. I mean, this is something that's unheard of. I mean, yeah. you coexist with animals, you're in their territory, but to approach a wild yeah. animal, um, there was a story that's about like a the, thousand pounds. Yeah. The baby <laughs> calf that was rejected by the herd because, yeah. uh, you know, a human picked it up, well, took yeah, it and then brought it right. back. Um, so public service announcement, leave them alone. I mean, it yes. shows you this culture that everybody wants to post something on Instagram and it, we've become like this mindless society with no boundaries. So that's my, that's my two minute rant about that, but deserves to be shared. Well, um, if, the, if the topic stress, let's not stress out the animals because that's when they react and, and, you know, cause injury to the humans that are being Silly, don't stress out the animals. You know, very, leave, very, them, leave them be. <laughs> very true. Um, so the, the topic inspired me. I recently read a book, Anti-Cancer, um, that really discussed um, so many foods and carcinogens in our food and our environment mm -hmm. and the nexus to that. And not so much creating cancer, but the spread of cancer and, and the force and the aggressiveness at which it spreads. But one of the stronger points in the book that was really a lot of time and attention was developed, was devoted to this, was the impact of stress yeah. and scientific medical findings that people with stress in their life 
Um, there were st- studies about women going through divorce mm-hmm. um, and the, the increased number of uh, cancers in those sure. women. Um, and conversely, it showed that people who were suffering from cancer who underwent regular yoga classes, yoga practices, meditation, therapy, had that release, um, there were measured declines in numbers, um, significant numbers. So I want to I want to talk a bit about that. You know, we live in a world where just you can't survive without being stressed. Everyone yeah. is overloaded from our children that have nonstop activities that don't just go to school. They go to school and they go everywhere else after. Um, and the pressures that they face are so different. So the stress that we have, we grow with it. We we grow yeah. with stress. We have adolescent stress. And then that becomes, you know, the race to get into college, which is, again, such a different process. And then the college years and then what happens after. So we really we can't escape it. So how then do we how do we reconcile if we know what it can do? How do we avoid it, if possible at all? Um, how do we avoid it? Well, it's 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 not avoiding it, it's managing it and, um, you know, having five kids, one just graduating from college, like you said, now in master's, uh, going for his master's, um, but the rest of them also falling down, watching them grow up and and knowing the stresses that they have, trying to tell them, you know, you can manage this stress. It's not that big a deal. You just, you know, you put your head down and get your work done. But their bodies are also built, you know, they're growing. They're growing into it. They're, they're using their stress, you know, they're learning from their stress management and growing those muscles. I think that's what I've observed. I'm not a professional on this matter, uh, other than my experience. But um, I think as you get older, the stresses, um, you know, they build up over time. And that's what, uh, you know, you're always fighting stress. And it's how you manage it going forward. And, and everything that, you know, from our environment, from the foods we do, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself and balance, balancing what you're doing with yourself, diet and exercise, those stresses will compound and then uh, result in, in uh, unhealthy situations. So I want to talk a bit about some of the things that we know stress can cause. And among them, it's chronic stress weakens the immune system. Mm. So again, patients undergoing cancer treatment, immunity is key. You really need to bolster the immune system, strengthen the immune system in order to fight the, to, to fight the disease. So again, something that we know there's a direct correlation between stress and a weakened immune system. Um, reading an article from City of Hope online, you know, again, everybody experiences stress, but chronic stress, it's different. It's that perpetual mm-hmm. weighted, that that heaviness that is just constantly over you. And that leads to depression as well. And again, um, depression can cause fatigue. Fatigue will result in a lack of exercise. All of these behaviors, again, are weakening the body, weakening the immune system, and disabling your fight or flight syndrome. So we see, um, again, stress is known to speed up the spread of cancer throughout the body, especially in ovarian, breast, and colorectal cancer. When the body becomes stressed, neurotransmitters like norepinephrine are released, which stimulate the growth of the cancer cells. Um, the stimulation can help cancer cells evade death and they expand and they go to new environments in the body and they attack 
So avoiding stress, again, it's difficult, but there are so much out there now, I feel, in terms of resources that we really can have ways to help be mindful and calm the mind and body. Um, it's so interesting. You know, you wouldn't really think it, but it's so true. A yoga class, yeah. a meditation class, and there are so many apps online available to us. Just going online, there's the Calm app. Um, there are ways to do a 10-minute meditation a day, and something so seemingly simple can really, really yield such benefits. So things that we don't think about often. Um, do you know people, do you meditate, Tim? No, not directly. I do. What when, do you do indirectly? I, I think uh, when I exercise, I go into a space where, you, you know, I don't listen to music while I'm exercising or, or anything like that. So I, I get deep into my own thoughts. So I would call that, you know, passive meditation. <laughs> well, that's very true. But exercise again, and, you know, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be yeah. anything, you know, it's so intimidating to start exercise for the first time, but it could be something as a 15 minute oh, walk. Yeah, know, whatever. I've, on a morning like this. Yeah, that's what I've read as well, that, you know, even just getting out and doing any kind of 15 minutes of a good, um, you know, brisk walk is so much better for you than than not doing anything, obviously. But um, it, it takes just as just as little as that to uh, see benefits and doing that on a regular basis, just getting up to stretch and walk, even if you don't have a regular exercise routine. Agreed. So one of the other articles that I was reading about um, from a, a researcher at Temple University is chronic stress also harms the brain and has been known to have links to dementia. Um, it says that chronic stress in particular has been shown to harm the brain in a variety of ways. And inflammation, inflammation is something that um, we really, really need to be aware of. There's so many diets that are out there and available that help reduce inflammation in the body, which is what we want to do. Um, but inflammation is one of the primary ways that chronic stress affects the brain. When the body is stressed, pro-inflammatory cytokines are produced which can damage cells and lead to cognitive decline. Again, when you're overloaded, mm -hmm. you are sending, you know, these transmitters are really going like crazy in the mind. And over time, it just yields to that cognitive decline, that memory impairment, that memory loss, um, that inability to, to function. Um, they always talk about how babysitting your grandchildren and keeping your mind sharp. There's so many things you can mm -hmm. do to also promote brain health. Um, but again, over time, this is being, you know, these things are being documented. Things that we took for granted for so long, we're often quick to say, oh, you know, I'll be fine. This doesn't yeah. matter. It's really not, it's really not true. Well, um, I'll add that one of the greatest misnomers is, uh, you know, to say comfort food. Oh, I'll have some comfort food or give yourself a snack. Sugar and comfort foods are most definitely probably not good for you. Whatever you're reaching for, for comfort food, probably not a salad as a comfort food. But, um, you know, they say fasting is good for you, all that kind of stuff. But comfort food is uncomfortable for your body. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I can't think of a comfort food that I would categorize as something that's going to be good for me. So, you know, reaching out for the snacks or some kind of comfort food. Um, probably not the best thing for you at all. And they also talk about sugar and, and, its, yeah. and its connection to cancer Absolutely. as well. It, it's really one of the worst things that you can, that you can do and you can, you know, and 
obesity being on the rise, you know, food is made so much differently, all the GMOs and Mm -hmm. processed foods. And you have to really start at such a young age. It's not, you know, not to say you're not putting your kids on a diet, but awareness and food awareness of what you're taking in your body that starts that starts at birth really yeah so you have to grow your children up with that mindset um you know everything in moderation which i still think is the best diet um as well as you know intake you know fruits and vegetables should be introduced at a young age and you know you try your best and then you send them off to school and then it's like I wish, <laughs> I wish I could send them off to school. They're still, all of them are still home. Um, um, but they, no, I'm talking they, about like young school, like preschool. Like, you know, oh, you try like, yeah. you try four years not to have any like juice or juice boxes and you go to like a party and it's like, oh. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There used to be only sodas on, uh, you know, Saturday night with the pizza, pizza night yeah. and soda. And now their sodas creep, crept into their life and I'm watching them eat it. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, it's it's not Saturday night. Why are you having soda on a not Saturday night? But you know, they're do a whole I, show. I, on I can't control them anymore. The so. health effects of that. Yeah. Um, going back though to mental and cognitive health, um, there are actually studies now that show that air pollution um, has been related to a variety of, obviously, asthma, lung cancer, heart disease. Um, but recent studies also suggest. Uh, published by the British Medical Journal, that there's strong evidence for a biological relationship between air pollution and the onset of dementia. Mm-hmm. So these small air pollutants known as PM 2.5 particles, those specifically are being shown to have a correlation to dementia. Um, PM 2.5 exposure uh, their authors note that there's a 17% increase in the incidence of dementia for every two microgram increase um, as they measure these PM 2.5. Again, what we're emitting into the air, it it all paints a picture Mm -hmm. um, that Mm -hmm. the world is certainly much different and you have to really be aware of everything, not to say live your life afraid of everything and not to go out because we don't recommend that, but we are really starting to see the impact of where we live, how we live and what we eat and what it's doing to our body. And I think that's the overall message sure. today. Um, you know, even though there's such a thing, I was never aware of soaps and detergents and, and you know, what, yeah. what is in these products. I got introduced to an app by my cousin over the weekend, Yuka, I think it's called, where you can scan and see everything um, from food and products that you have. And again, things like that, you know, you don't want to be neurotic, but you do, you do want to raise awareness for sure. You're you're trying to say, reduce your stress level. And then you introduce that app where you're scanning everything to find out what stresses you out. So Um, goes, goes hand in hand. Um, Tim, did you know, uh, there was another story published about women in Alzheimer's disease. And that's a, a true story of gender inequality that the statistics are higher in women. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So nearly two thirds of Americans with Alzheimer's disease currently are women. And now there's um, questions yes. about the validity of this long held assumption that because women tend to live longer than men, that that was the reason for those numbers. 
But they're saying uh, not so much. It's not really just attributed to that longer lifespan. So what else might put women at extra risk? Could it be genetics, biological differences in how men and women age, or lifestyle factors that specifically pertain to women? And obviously, they want to answer these questions so they can help paint a better picture. Um, reports, research reports show that um, estimate at by age 65, women have a one in six chance of developing Alzheimer's disease throughout some point in their life. And that was compared against a one in 11 chance with men at the same age. Um, while the, the, while age is the greatest risk factor for developing Alzheimer's. Oh, hang on one second. Is that a caller on the line? Hi, is that Joanne on the line? Yes. Hi. Hey, Joanne. How are you? How are you? Good. Thank you. How are you doing, Jen? Great. Um, Great to hear your voice. Good. And your your, um, friend also. um, Tim, yes. Oh, I I also know the Judge family in Nourishell, big family, Emily Judge. I don't know if he's related to. Yes, they're hard to avoid. There's a lot of (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Big, big family. Yep. (laughs) God bless. Anyway, you know, um, with what you're saying, uh, going along with that, I don't know if you did studies or reading on... um, I mean, what I want, my statement is, you can imagine the effect that that's all going to have on these children today, being exposed to what they mm-hmm. were exposed to, in terms of, um, number one, just, just being locked down like they were oh, a couple yeah. of years, yeah. and not being able, therefore, to socialize, and then they're all on their, consequently, they're all on their iPads, iPhones, this, oh, that, and the other. Sure. Joanne, that, the, you mean that the... the the sociological effects on kids, the cognitive decline, mm-hmm. the emotional mm-hmm. effects, you know, yep. those are those worse. are the COVID casualties as well. And they don't get enough attention. And it's something we probably yes, won't yes. fully appreciate and recognize until they're much older. Until later. I know. And it's yeah. very scary to me because, you know, I think about that. And then, you know, uh, with, with that, um, the fact that they um, also, this bullying is such a big thing. So you can imagine, at, at even where it causes, I'm sure you know, you've, you guys have heard, um, deaths also, children sure. take their own, suicide, suicide rate is up because of that, is what I meant to say. You, you know, there was that 14-year-old girl, and um, I was watching her dad uh, speak about it on TV uh, in New Jersey, and uh, j- just the pressure and the stress from that alone, and bullying in and by itself to me is such a big thing today, and I, I'm just so against it. But I so imagine what these kids are going to go through. I, I can't even begin to you know by the time they get that age, or not even way way younger than even the ages that you're speaking about. But the effect that um, is, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you deal with that, or what is you know if you have any. Any kind of uh, it's very it's know. very difficult to be a parent of a of a middle school girl um, in this day and age. It absolutely is because and younger and younger. Yeah, though. well, you're fighting yeah. to raise them with these values that you speak of and these values mm-hmm. that we have and these and the world is against you. Everything is exactly. against you. Yeah. Um, exactly. When you have to have conversations with your children about gender, when I mean th- this is a yeah. world gone mad, and I have to tell you. Yep. Never in my lifetime would I have expected my, you know, that I would have a child and grow her up in a world so vastly different from mine. I I wasn't by any means older when I had her. Um, And I always say this, the generation gap between myself and my parents was minimal. I mean, I grew up in a Mm -hmm. very similar world to my parents. They -hmm. were born in the 50s. I was born spot on 1980. Uh, Mm -hmm. But now, 
I mean, I, I can't relate to anything of what, you know, and, and here we are, she's going to the same school that I did. Um, she's an Ursuline girl yeah. and, you know, relatively mm. sheltered there, but not so much. I mean, the world is just crazy. There's only so much you can keep from them. Um, but sure. again, you have to sure. fight every day to raise you them do. with values and to continue mm -hmm. to show them then what they're seeing in the world at large. Yeah. It, it, it's not okay, but you're right. right. Um, exactly. And, and you know, Jen, I'm sorry, just to, yeah. uh, not to interrupt you, but, and one more thing that really scares me is um, I'm going to go to that meeting um, uh, at the library in New Rochelle, it is. So, you know, it's a little tougher. It's a city, New Rochelle, but there's still there's lots of beauty to it, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, of, no, uh, I, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a New know, Rocheller at heart. Yep. Yeah. But so that the, um, they're doing a, um, they're having, as a matter of fact, a, a transgender person come in and read to them having a story hour, which my kids are, I've, I've done it with them and they do it with their kids. They have, you know, we have a two and a half year old, my daughter has a three and a six year old. And those are very important programs at the libraries. However, to do this, they, well, I don't know what the point of the meeting is going to be to express our dismay or, you know, whatever, worse mm -hmm. than that. I could, I'll just use that word. Fight the good fight, Pardon me? Fight the good fight. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, big time. Because, I mean, to, that they, if they're okaying that transgender person to come in, and, or I don't know if it's a group or whatever. I didn't get the particulars totally on it. But that they're going to read to, and, and uh, um, in other words, they read it in favor of uh, transgender business to three or a three-year-old. Yeah. I mean, right. really? Is that necessary? So imagine no, even that to deal with. Because I've seen... I've seen what they're doing in the schools, like up uh, in some of their schools that if, if you want to identify as a cat, they have a little girl. They told the mother to bring in a little litter box for the girl. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? No, it, really? it's just insane. And it's just and it's just trying to, you know, shove this narrative down all of us. I mean, there is yeah, no need to crazy. discuss anything remotely connecting right. to sexuality to anyone exactly. at that age. I mean, and exactly. it's something that was never done before. A story hour is a story right. hour. And right. it's I mean, they are just they're. They're taking our kids from their youngest ages and mm -hmm. growing them up with this narrative. And then if you're against it, you're bigoted. So, you know, let's talk about safety yes. of our kids. These are not right, safe subjects. Right. And, exactly. and we're, we're actually, we're robbing them of a childhood. And, you know, exactly. again, we're setting a stage up for a disaster down the road. Um, so scary. So Jenny. I so certainly scary. appreciate your insights, how, Joanne. How you know, how about my last sentence, Jen? How about they teach them, you know, what we used to learn in school, not keep religion and keep sex out of it. Let's leave that to the parents, mm -hmm. you know? I agree. Uh, but but um, it really, it's just insane. I'm so afraid with these kids today. Well, just give them, give them a good anyway, family, and that, that's the yeah, best that you can hopefully, do. Hopefully. Well, thank right? you. All right. Thank you, you so much, Joanne. Always guys, great to so hear much. from you. Thanks for listening. Take care. You know, you go, take, going back you. to... um connecting back to health effects as well. You know, mental health, again, there are studies now that also show that um, researchers have shown association with different psychiatric conditions such as um, mental disorders like anxiety, addictive behavior. Mm -hmm. Those are also being shown to cause an earlier onset of dementia. And our kids are growing up very anxious. Um, yeah. That's a thing. Depression, um, several studies have identified de depression as a preventable risk factor associated with dementia. 
So you do see a lot more attention being given to mental health awareness now, which I credit. I think it's a great thing. Um, on the morning show today, actually, Assemblywoman Shimsky said that there was a roundtable up in Albany about that last week. Um, I think we are realizing that um, these are things that need to be addressed. And that certainly goes back to the social media concerns that yes. we have and the production of anxiety and depression in our youth. There's such a correlation of that. You know, anybody you talk to around my age, we all say it was it was the cell phones and social media. That's the really created the biggest difference between ourselves Absolutely. and our children. A hundred percent. Yes. You, you can't shut off. And again, you know, I, I don't allow her to have it. And mm -hmm. then, you know, that becomes problematic sure. as well. Sure. But um, I have two high school girls and uh, they didn't get phones until eighth grade. Mm -hmm. they, you know, when they graduated eighth grade, that's when they got phone. So they went off to high school together, but their, their head is in their phone. You yeah. know, most of the time. So they get, you know, if I, if I dare to check their screen time, it's, you know, an hour or more a day, uh, they're averaging in that phone. And so, you know, I have to, that's my competition to, you know, how do I teach them and how do I, uh, you know, get in their head and what's good and what's bad because they're getting bombarded with, uh, you know, opinions that they don't even share with me because, you know, right. they're not, they're not going to share with their looking at on their own phone that that's a hard enough conversation but um, well imposing limits is certainly yeah. the best safeguard and i have to tell you that was yeah. quite well, a that's, tutorial that's for me one. and self-taught very proud of that yeah. but um i even think my daughter was surprised that i figured out how to do that but that's the yeah. problem too i mean they're smarter than us <laughs> yeah. my, i mean in your case you're you're the most tech savvy person that i know well. but um you know so your kids probably have a run <laughs> for their money but nonetheless a lot that we discussed today, a lot of food for thoughts. We hope you take this conversation further and do some great research as well. And this is Jen Graziano with Tim Judge thanking you for taking the time to listen as we took the time to talk. Like the show, follow us on timetotalkwithjen.com and sign up for the podcast. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.